Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, Gaza's health authorities says 20 Palestinians queuing for food in Gaza City are killed by an Israeli strike. Moscow and Kiev are trading blame for the downing of a Russian military transport jet in the Belgorod region. And the world's largest annual human migration gets underway in China as the Spring Festival travel rush or Chunyun officially begins. We begin with the Middle East. At least 20 people have been killed in an Israeli strike in Gaza City in the north of the enclave while queuing for food aid. Palestinian health officials say in central Gaza, six others were killed when an airstrike hit the house in refugee camp on Thursday. The Israeli attacks have sparked urgent calls for more international intervention to protect Palestinian civilians. John Gambrel, with the Associated Press, has more from Jerusalem. A lot of civilians have left there, but there are still some there living among the rubble and tents. Some of them had come out to try to get food from that was being handed out by authorities there. Gaza's health ministry, as well as survivors, say that Israeli forces opened fire on that crowd, killing some 20 people there and wounding over 100. Now, Israel, for its part, hasn't acknowledged this attack. They say they're looking into these reports, but it comes as Israeli forces have tightened their grip in the southern part of the Gaza Strip on Khan Yunis, and as they slowly move closer and closer to Rafah on Egypt's border. My AP colleagues saw people gathered. Uh, outside, trying to escape after Israeli forces told them to flee a school that they were hiding in. My AP colleague saw a tank with its turret moving back and forth, and as these people fled, the crack of gunfire could be heard overhead, just showing how dangerous it is for Gaza civilians caught between the Israeli forces and the militants still fighting them. Meanwhile, there are continuing diplomatic efforts to try to get a pause or a ceasefire in this fighting. Britain's Foreign Secretary David Cameron was in Qatar today. Qatar and Egypt are key mediators in these talks between Israel and Hamas. The CIA director Bill Burns is reportedly going to be on his way over to this part of the world to talk to those involved in these negotiations. Now it remains unclear what any final ceasefire deal will look like. Israel has offered some thoughts. Hamas has offered its own, and so far we don't see any necessary sign that these talks are moving. To a completion, but just with this level of diplomatic activity, with all these foreign officials coming into the region, it does seem like most countries, as well as the United States, which has provided ironclad support to Israel during this war, are starting to push all sides towards a ceasefire. But as of right now, the war continues. Now, strong Gambrel in Jerusalem. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has called Qatar's role in mediation efforts problematic in a leaked audio clip released by the one of the country's TV channels. Qatar says it is appalled by Netanyahu's remarks, calling them irresponsible and destructive. This comes as CIA Director William Burns and his Israeli counterpart David Barnier will reportedly meet in the coming days for talks on another potential hostage deal. Hamas says it will release all Israeli hostages in Gaza. If Israel lets go of all Palestinian prisoners, Sarah Coates reports from Tel Aviv. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu he paid a visit to the Gaza border a little earlier, visiting troops there. He planted a tree and、uh, reaffirmed his commitment to total victory in this war, saying that we will deepen our roots in this land. We will uproot our enemies. 
during a meeting yesterday between Netanyahu and the families of some of these hostages, along with recently released hostages. An audio clip was then somehow given to Israeli media. Now, these families say that they weren't allowed to take their phones into this meeting, so there's no way other than it coming from the Prime Minister's office. Now, Qatar has come out to say that it is absolutely appalled by the Prime Minister's comments. Well, the families have also released a statement accusing Netanyahu of purposely stoking tensions with Qatar. Now, as all of this happens, protests continue right around the country. Another massive protest here in Tel Aviv last night. 5,000 people taking to the streets, demanding that the government do more to bring these more than 130 people home. That was Sarah Coates in Tel Aviv. In Europe, Moscow and Kiev are trading blame for the crash of a Russian military transport jet in the Belgorod region. Russia says the plane was carrying 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war en route to a planned prisoner swap, adding that it had alerted Ukrainian military intelligence 15 minutes before the plane entered the targeted zone. But Ukraine has denied receiving any notification. Magumi Lim has more. Along with the fragments that appear to belong to a missile recovered from the crash site, two black boxes have also been found, according to Russia's news agency RIA. Russia has accused Ukraine of shooting down a military transport jet carrying Ukrainian captives over the Belgorod region. But Kiev has not confirmed or denied this claim and has called for an international investigation. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in his nightly video address on Wednesday accused Russia of playing with the lives of Ukrainian prisoners of war and the feelings of their relatives. Russia's defense ministry has said that its radars detected the launch of two Ukrainian missiles around the time before the plane crashed. Ukraine's military intelligence agency said Moscow failed to notify Kyiv of the need to ensure the safety of the airspace above the Belgorod region, as had been the case before previous prisoner swaps. In response to this accusation, a senior Russian lawmaker said Kyiv was given a 15-minute warning before the jet entered the area where the crash took place. Meanwhile, Ukraine has claimed a responsibility for an overnight drone attack on an oil refinery in Tuopsi, a Russian town in Krasnodar Krai, located on the northeastern shore of the Black Sea. Ukraine said its SBU security service hit the refinery, which is owned by Rosneft. The attack caused a large blaze, which Russian authorities said was extinguished by early Thursday. Kiev has said it will continue to attack facilities that are linked to Russia's effort in its conflict with Ukraine. That was Magumin Lim reporting. Finally in China, China and France have celebrated 60 years of diplomatic relations with a reception dinner at the Grand National Theatre in Beijing. Chinese President Xi Jinping and French President Emmanuel Macron both delivered video messages to Thursday's event, while Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi and French Ambassador to China Bertrand Lothlary attended in person. Yu Yang has more. There's been considerable growth in economic and trade cooperation between China and France over the past six decades, with bilateral trade volume and mutual direct investment increasing steadily. 
Currently, France China's third largest trading partner in the EU, with a total bilateral trade volume nearly 80 billion US dollars in 2023. And China has also become France's largest trading partner in Asia. And the latest data from the French government shows bilateral trade in goods passed 100 billion euros, marked the first time in 2022 a year-on-year -year increase of over 14%. In the first eight months of last year, France's actual investments in China increased by nearly 106% year-on-year, and this has made France the European country with the largest investment in China. With over 2,000 foreign invested companies in China, with more than 300,000 employees, a total of 140 French exporters took part in the 6th China International Import Expo, which was held last November in Shanghai. Focusing on some key areas, France has deepened cooperation with China in the aviation space sectors, nuclear energy, agriculture and food. For example, during a visit to China by the French President Emmanuel Macron last year, aircraft manufacturer Airbus announced the signing of a bulk procurement agreement with China for 106 T aircraft with a total value of around 20 billion US dollars. And the company has committed to building a second production line in the Chinese city of Tianjin. In addition to that, the French energy giant ODF signed a nuclear and wind energy cooperation agreement with several Chinese enterprises. And the French train manufacturer Elston has received orders from Shanghai Metro projects. Experts say there's potential for increased cooperation in areas including education, green energy, the arts, as well as people-to-people -people exchanges. That was Yu Yan on the economic cooperation between China and France. China's annual Spring Festival Travel Rush, or Chunyun, has officially begun. It has called the largest annual human migration in the world with billions of passenger journeys expected. On early Friday morning, the first high-speed train set off from the Beijing West Railway Station, marking the onset of the hectic 40-day period when the whole country is on the move. Authorities are expecting 9 billion passenger trips over the period. Meantime, the state railway operator is set to handle 480 million passengers through travel season, with a daily average of 12 million trips. Sun Ye has more from Beijing South Railway Station. This is the day that Chinese New Year spring travel rush starts and here at the Beijing South Railway Station we're certainly feeling that and I have actually some more staggering figures for you. Now according to uh, the official uh, sales platform for China Railway, they on average are selling 19 million tickets every day and just in the past few days they have recorded daily visits on that platform of 60 billion times uh, in just one day. So that's quite some bigger, big number. And to really break down what this year's Chunyun is about, how is this year's migration going, we have someone with very, very long experience of that. We have uh, Miss Zhang Xiaohu, and she has been running the Chunyun period for the last 15 years. Now, uh, Miss uh, Zhang, so, this is the first day of the Spring Festival Rush. Already this is packed with people. 
and how do you feel on this first day? Well, this is January the 26th, and uh, this is the first day of the Spring Festival Ross. This place is maintained um, in order, and compared to the previous years, passenger has picked up dramatically. Well, the Spring Festival uh, Travel Ross is a 40-day period of travel, and uh, when do you anticipate the peak? Well, for this year, Beijing South Railway Station anticipates uh, that we can uh, travel a total of 5.6 uh, million people compared to 2019. This is a increase of 16 percent. We're going to reach a record high. Uh, the 2024 Spring Festival travel rush is the first uh, travel rush after we put behind us the COVID-19 pandemic and there are travelers returning home and traveling elsewhere and there are students returning home and there is the high frequency of travel amongst the passengers and we believe that on February the 7th we're going to expect the peak. China's railway authorities also say they are going to be adding more uh, high-speed uh, tr trains. There will be temporary trains and there will also be adding new carriages to existing trains to cope with that uh, growing demand for travel. That was Zhen Ye on the first day of Chenyun at Beijing South Railway Station. Recapping today's headlines. 20 Palestinians queuing for food in Gaza City have been killed by an Israeli strike. Moscow and Kiev are trading blame for the crash of a Russian military transport jet in the Belgorod region. And the world's largest annual human migration gets underway in China as the Spring Festival Travel Rush or Trenyun officially begins. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Lu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>